The Wings Over New Zealand show is brought to you in association with the Wings Over New Zealand Aviation Forum, New Zealand's number one aviation discussion forum online. There you'll find discussion on all aspects of New Zealand aviation, from history to current affairs and thousands of photos covering the Royal New Zealand Air Force, airlines, general aviation, warbird restorations, air show news, sport aviation, home building, gliding, aviation media and much, much more. You'll be in good company with other aviation enthusiasts, including pilots, engineers, warbird owners and restorers, historians and authors, modelers, aviation photographers and many others. Sign up to the Wings Over New Zealand community now. It's free and easy. Just Google Wings Over New Zealand and you'll find the forum. Hi, it's Matt Jolly from warbirdradio.com. Listen, I am thrilled to have Dave Homewood as part of our broadcast family and bring your stories, the stories of the RNZAF, heard right here on Wings Over New Zealand to our global audience. Thanks for listening and hope to hear from you sometime at warbirdradio.com. G'day, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. And we're from Plain Crazy Down Under, Australia's aviation show. And you can find us at plainecrazydownunder.com. We reckon for the best coverage of the Kiwi warbird restoration and aviation scene, you can't go past Dave Homewood and the Wings Over New Zealand show. On you, Dave. Yeah, good on you, mate. Yeah, we've got to get to New Zealand soon. Where is that anyway? Well, it's where I grew up. I thought that was Brisbane. Extended, the ETOPS Aviation Podcast. Aviation-extended.co.uk And remember, there's no E at the beginning of Extended. Extended. I remember some men started prying and others started crying. Um, Partway through it, one guy got to his feet and started to run. I was scared and let that be no secret. Next thing they set the spandar up there and they opened up. And there's bloody trees, bits of trees flying. And... New Zealand tanks were over the other river and one of our men said to the Marines, don't start your tanks up. For five minutes we'll be out of it. Well some silly bugger started his tank and the Germans put over a shell and right in the middle of the bridge. It was a bitterly cold morning and I scratched down in this damn hole and it took me two days before I could stand up straight again. Hear the stories of New Zealanders in the Italian campaign in World War II, the Courage and Valor podcast, www.newzealandersatwar.com. The Wings Over New Zealand show would like to acknowledge the great support it's had from Fly DC3. You can fly back in time with Fly DC3 from Ardmore Airport, charter the DC3 Dakota and fly into the past. It's an experience you'll never forget. Fly DC3. Go to www.flydc3.co.nz Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show. I'm your host, Dave Homewood. In this Wings Over Australia special, I had the great pleasure to meet and interview Peter Isaacson, who was a Royal Australian Air Force bomber pilot in World War II. 
Peter had a great connection to New Zealand. He brought the first Avro Lancaster to this country. Here's the interview. My, my full name is uh, Peter Stewart Isaacson, I-S-A-A-C-S-O-N. Uh, I'm 95 years of age. A service number was uh, 401-068, so, uh, which shows that I joined the um, RAAF in 1940. Right. It was December 1940, the, the first, two, uh, first two digits indicate the year. Right, yeah, that's the same with the RNZAF as well. Yeah. yeah. So when, uh, wh where were you born? And, and where I was born in London. Um, born in, I was born in London. Okay. 55 Acacia Road, St John's Wood. Right. And I was taught that at a very early age in case I ever got lost. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my father was an Australian uh, serviceman. He was uh, uh, in the AIF. Uh, he was an aide-de-com to uh, General Birdwood, and I've got a photograph of him here. Wow, gosh. Um, so when were you born? Well, I was born in 1920, 31st of July, 1920, so it makes me 95. Right, of course, yeah. yeah. So, so your father had stayed on after the war there for a while? He stayed in England. He married my mother uh, in, um, in 1919. He brought her out here on a uh, visit as a sort of honeymoon and then went back to England. Uh, he um, uh, went back to England and established a business and then five years later or six years later uh, decided to come back to Australia. Right. And uh, she, perhaps somewhat unwillingly, but nevertheless did come back with him, yes. Okay, okay. And so where did you grow up here? Um, I grew up here. Uh, we w went to Sydney for a while, then we came back to uh, uh, b back to Melbourne. We went to St Kilda to start with. Then my uh, next recollection is uh, at uh, 49 Cole Street, Elwood. And it happened to be next door to an Air Force, Australian Air Force officer called Goebel. And uh, you might, or you would remember, but he later became Chief of the Australian Air Force, oh, CAS. Uh, and uh, then uh, when the Second World War uh, broke out, he went to Canada and he was the Australian officer in, in Canada. Right, okay. So did you develop a, uh, quite an interest in aviation as you were growing up? No, not really. Um, I d no, I, d I didn't. Uh, I, I, uh, at school, I had a, um, a friend called Stuart Hempel, H-E-M-P-E-L, and uh, Stuart Hempel had a father who was a squadron leader in the Royal Australian Air Force and uh, at Point Cook. And he was the commanding officer of the seaplane squadron. Ah. And uh, I remember being taken for a flight by, a, uh, by one of the pilots 
um, whose name I've just forgotten at the moment, but he later became quite a high-ranking officer in the, in the Air Force. Right, and that was your first but flight? That was my first flight, and uh, but after that I didn't think very much more about it uh, until the war came, and by that time, of course, I'd grown up and I was working, and that was a long time later. Right, right. And so what prompted you to then go and join the Air Force yourself? Well, I didn't think very much of uh, marching around. Uh, I thought it would be, you know, more interesting to fly. And um, I um, decided, you know, just decided to join the Air Force. Everybody was joining up, of course. Yeah. And uh, I was at the age where I should join up. And I guess you had the right academic uh, background to go straight in as a pilot? Uh, well, you go, went straight in. Um, you were categorised before you went in as to what you would be likely to be. Yeah. And I was categorised as a pilot. I was very lucky. Okay. So whereabouts did you actually join up? I joined up in Melbourne. Right. And yeah. as you did your initial training here? Uh, uh, I did my initial training in Sydney at uh, number two initial training school at um, in Sydney, just outside Sydney. Okay. And from there, where did you progress? Uh, from there, um, I went to Narendra, number eight elementary flying training school. Um, from there, I went to Canada to number two service flying training school uh, at um, at Narendra I was flying tiger moths at uh, in Canada as Ottawa I was flying um, Harvards from Canada uh, I went to England and did uh, first of all did a beam approach train training school beam approach train training and then went to uh, a um, uh, operational training unit at Litchfield number two number two or two or, I can't remember the number anyway at Litchfield um, and from there I went to 460 squadron and then from 460 Squadron, I went to uh, uh, Pathfinder Force. And um, then I flew back to Australia. Right. So we'll take you back to the Tiger Moth training. Tell me about your training there, your uh, your first solo, that sort of thing. Was it? Oh, oh. <laughs> um, well, I think I... Uh, I think I did my first solo just about eight, uh, after about eight hours, right. uh, which was about the average time. Yeah. Well, did you find yourself as a natural pilot? Did, did uh, no, I wasn't a natural pilot. I, I just, just became one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and you had a good instructor. Yes, I, I had a good instructor, uh, Bill Ma uh, and a good flight commander. Um, b the flight commander was uh, b Bill Maddox, 
And uh, interestingly enough, uh, after the war, uh, when I was in you know, publishing business, um, I, um, I employed his son. Oh, yeah. Right. So when you went to Canada, you must have been in one of the early drafts to go. You're fairly early. Um, uh, I don't know, you know, how early, but it, it well, I, I went into the air force fairly early in 1940. Yeah. So that was I was number eight course. Right. Okay. Yep. So uh, there'd only been eight courses before me, which was probably about eight months. Yes. Yeah. And you went where, whereabouts in Canada were you flying? Uh, Ottawa. Ottawa. Okay. Yeah. I find it interesting that you were training on the Harvards there, wasn't yes. it? Yes. And and then you ended up as a bomber pilot because yes. you'd be normally. Well, you know what what normally happened was that you got posted to what they needed at the time. Yeah. And by the time I got to England, the battle for Britain had been uh, fought and and uh, and won yeah. by the. Royal Air Force, and um, the uh, emphasis in the war was to um, uh, was for bombers. Right to take the attack back to. Yes. Yeah. So the, they didn't have, they didn't need fighters that much. So right. uh, they were posting people to bombers. Were you happy about that to switch to bombers? Yes, I, <laughs> I, I didn't have any feeling one way or the other. Right, and I guess you would have crewed up at some stage. We crewed up at, um, well, I had a very good uh, navigator on um, at Litchfield, uh, Ches Gardner, and uh, we kept in touch after the war, right. but. Um, uh, and I did my first two operations with him. Uh, then he was posted somewhere else, and I was posted to 460 Squadron. Right. Um, so we lost touch for quite some time, but we, strangely enough, got together, and I still get a Christmas card from his widow. Right, right. Yeah. And once you got to 460 Squadron, so you got a new crew there? Yeah. Well, what happened uh, when you got to the squadron, when you got to, uh, what, uh, what happened was when you got to the squadron, you were put in a hangar with all the other people that had been posted to the squadron and you just, just Decided, but between you, uh, who who would jo join you and make up your crew? Yeah. And uh, two people uh, who stayed with me for the whole of my flying career in the Air Force uh, joined up with me. Then my the wireless operator, uh, Bill Copley. And the navigator Bob Nielsen, right, right. and then the others. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so, what was the squadron flying at that time? Uh, it was Wellingtons. Okay. okay. Yes, well, 
flying, we were flying Wellingtons. Did you enjoy the flying the Wellingtons? Yeah, Wellingtons were very good. Great aeroplane. Yeah. And what do you remember about your uh, first operation? Uh, well, my first operation was not with the squadron, but my first operation was the first uh, after we finished our uh, OTU. We were recalled to do two operations. Those were the ones I did with Ches Gardner. Right. So they weren't with my crew then. Uh, they were the first thousand bomber raid on Cologne and the first thousand and the thousand, second thousand bomber raid on Bremen. Right, right. Yeah. And you're doing that in Wellingtons as well? Mm-hmm. In Wellingtons? On Wellingtons, yes. That must have been quite a worry being in a Wellington at the lower level when you knew that all the larger bombers were at well, a the la- there were no larger bombers at that stage. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, I thought there might have been Stirlings around. And no, not that I remember anyway. Right, right. Yeah. So was it, was that quite a... Um, oh, well, uh, uh, both raids went quite well. The uh, raid on Cologne was a great success. The raid on Bremen was not so good. It's quite an introduction to your uh, operational career, doing two 1,000 bomber raids. Yes, that was the start of my... Yeah. And then once you got onto 460 Squadron... Uh, yeah, uh, I'll just get my logbook. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Cologne, first operation, um, was on the 29th, 30th of May, 1942. And um, the second operation was on June the 1st to Essen, I think I, I don't think I said Essen, I think I said Bremen, yeah. it, it was Essen. Right. And uh, there was a cloud over the target, as I mentioned, it wasn't such a, such a success. Right, right. And then uh, that was when I had uh, Sergeant Gardner and I had uh, three others, three other sergeants with me. Pepper, Sedgley, and Anna Fitti. And then I went to um, the 460 Squadron, Breton, Yorkshire. And um, I did my first uh, operation with them in um, uh, on June the 22nd. And I was the second pilot then. Okay, yep. Uh, they were, I w- had to go with the captain for the first couple of trips. And uh, that was when I had uh, Copley and Nielsen. And I also had another Australian called Johnny Swain and uh, and, uh, and a Canadian called Wurzler. Okay. And they stayed with me for quite a long time. Um, and uh, when I did my first uh, operation as a captain, it was mine laying off um, St. Nazaire. Okay, right. And tell me about the, the squadron. It was an, an Australian squadron, wasn't it? Uh, yes, it was an Australian squadron, but that didn't mean that it didn't have any, um, that it didn't have any, uh, any other nationality. Yeah. So, uh, so, mo- so most of the crews had a mix of... Yes, yeah, they're a mixture. 
Do you remember if many Kiwis were on the school? Well, see, as I mentioned to you, Wurzler, who was with me, was a Canadian. Yeah. He was in the Royal Canadian Air Force. Right. And uh, the other three were Australians, Copley, uh, Nielsen and Swain. Do you remember if there were many Kiwis on the squadron at the time you were there? No. <laughs> I'm afraid not. <laughs> uh, I didn't meet many can Canadians, uh, uh, New Zealanders uh, in the Air Force. Right, right. But uh, it just happened. Yeah, that's exactly. So you did a number of operations. You did a full tour with 460. Uh, well, I did. I did. Uh, I did um, uh, still going in the 460 squadron, uh, and, and in Wellingtons, and then we um, converted to Halifaxes. Ah. They brought Halifaxes onto the squadron, and. Um, we did circuits and bumps, as you can see, circuits and bumps in the Halifax. Yep. And uh, then, luckily, they were taken away from us and replaced uh, with uh, Lancasters. Okay. But we did quite a lot of training on the Halifax. Yeah, you did. And uh, a lot of duel, uh, did first pilot and so on. And then they were taken away from us, and uh, they gave us the Lancaster in uh, November 1942. And we trained on that for quite some time, and the first operation I did in a Lancaster was um, to Turin in Italy. Right. Yeah. That's quite a long flight, isn't it? Yes, that was uh, 8 hours 20. How, how did you feel um, comparing the Wellington, the Halifax and the Lancaster? Oh, the Lancaster was so much better. Yeah. Greatly better. And uh, um, I, that was on my 23rd operation. Right. And I, I stayed there and I did some other... Uh, I went to Mannheim and... Um, I, Mine laying in the Catechet and uh, to Turin and, uh, and Munich. Right. And, uh, and then uh, Essen. And then I went to, when I finished um, my uh, 29th operation uh, and the tour was 30, yeah. um, I can uh, transferred to um, uh, 156 Squadron, and there you had to do uh, 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 45 operations, so I just went straight across. Right, right. Yeah. So we, you did 29 and then you did up, up to 45 from yeah. there? Yeah. yeah, the rest on, for, on, on 156 Squadron. Now how did, how did uh, the the move to the Pathfinder Squadron go, did someone approach you or did you volunteer? Yes. Someone approached yeah. you? Yes, there was um, uh, a recruiting officer. Uh, I've just forgotten his name for right. a moment. Right. Um, and he came round the squadron uh, and invited you to join. Right. And uh, he invited us from 460 Squadron, and 
We then made up our minds whether we'd accept his invitation or, as I'd done 29 operations, I had one more to finish to do the 30, and then I'd be what is known as screened. Um, but we decided uh, we'd go on. Right. It, was it considered quite an honour to be approached? Yes, and yeah, yeah. But also, you know, you still had to do your 45. Yeah, exactly. And, and you would have been, I mean, any any crew that made it to 29 operations and still be alive was, was a good yeah, crew, weren't they? Yeah, it was quite, quite lucky. Yeah. 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 So what was the difference between uh, sort of the 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 attitude and the and the, the the social side on the squadrons between the Australian squadron and the Pathfinder squadron was there much difference? Um, there was to some. There was. Um, the food was better on the English squadron. Right. Um, but there just was a slightly different atmosphere. Um, was it? Was it? I think it was. When all Australians are together, it was better to. It seemed to us anyway, better to be on an English squadron. We we preferred it. Okay, okay. Yeah. So was it a bit less relaxed? Was it a bit more? Um, yeah, yeah. Because I know that, hard to tell. I, I know the the Kiwi squadrons. Uh, had the Kiwi attitude of a, a little bit more relaxed. Everybody was a first name basis. Yeah. Was the Australian squadrons like that? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And what would you say would have been the the worst of the operations that you did? The ones that scared you the most, or? Oh. Well. <laughs> uh, it's hard to tell. I don't. So long ago, I mm. don't remember. Yeah. 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 You know, it was a, uh, one strange thing was that on the occasions where I was worried, something happened. And uh, on other occasions, I wasn't worried about the operation. Nothing happened, you know, nothing serious happened. But when, uh, when I had a premonition, that something was going to happen, it did. Wow, gosh, yeah. isn't that strange? Yeah. Yeah. Did Did you uh, ever get uh, attacked by the night fighters? Did, did that happen to you? Oh yes, there's notes here somewhere. Uh, I'll see if I can find something where we 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 did. Here we went to Milan. Uh, wizard view of the uh, of the Alps. Right. I enjoyed flying across the. Uh, the Alps. Yeah. Um, port engine failed over the target in uh, Willemshaven. Uh, bombed, uh, returned, and landed on three engines. That was in Willemshaven. Right. That was number uh, number thirty-four. Um, uh, light flak slightly scattered. Um, rear gunner passed out from lack of oxygen. Oh, gosh. Uh, that was going to Turin. Um, 
heavy flak, inaccurate, searchlights ineffective, yeah. It's all sorts of things. Yeah, exactly. So you completed the 45 ops? Yes. Uh, and uh, flew back to Australia. Now, how did, it, how did it come about that you were selected to... I have no idea. They just come along and said, you're doing it? Yeah. Wow, okay. What happened was, they came along and said we were going, and the uh, at that time, I had done 41 trips. Or 42, 41, 42. And the air officer commanding said, Isaacson, if you go before you've finished your 45, you go in disgrace. Wow. So I said, well, sir, I'm sorry, but, I, you know, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do what I'm told. And he said, well, you'll finish your tour. So I had to do the other three. Right. So you've got the Royal Australian Air Force saying you're taking the Lancaster back to Australia, yeah. and you've got the Royal Air Force saying finish your tour first. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you did. You did that. Yeah. Now. So. Uh, so what happened was I had to, we had to do those other three trips, which we did. Now, can you just explain for the listeners the the whole reason for taking a Lancaster? Yeah. The reason for taking a Lancaster was that they had the idea that uh, we were going to win the European war. Um, I don't know where they got that idea from. And they thought that they would post a squadron or two to Australia um, in what was known as Tiger Force. But they wanted to, they thought that they would have to fly them uh, via the United States because all, all the rest of the uh, area between Australia and um, Britain and Australia was under the control of the Japanese. Right. Yep. Um, and uh, so they wanted an aircraft to do what was known as a proving flight. Could an aircraft fly that far? Right, right. And also to acquaint the ground staff in Australia way to service a, a Lancaster. So uh, we were chosen to do the proving flight. Okay. And that was what we did. That, that it was possible and how possible it was to fly from east to west, from England to Australia, from east to west, because all the other flights from England to Australia had been from west to east. Right. And, that and always we were the first to fly from east to west. Right, and all those previous flights had flown over Asia, which was really out of bounds for, That's right. for any allied aircraft. Yeah, and um, the previous flights, uh, Kingsford Smith's flights, had been from the west coast of uh, USA to Australia, or they had been from England to the east coast of uh, America, right. but they had never done from the east coast from uh, from England 
to Australia from east to west right. because it's against the prevailing winds. Right. The prevailing winds are from west to east. Okay. Now this is, uh, interestingly, it's quite early on. I mean, you. this is mid-1943 we're talking about, isn't it? 1943. And as you say, it's it, it's interesting that they had already started planning that they were going to win the, the war in Europe and... Uh, start Tiger Force at that early stage because, you know, they still had another two years to go. Well, I'm not sure that they'd thought that much about Tiger Force. Uh, What they thought they'd do was to get an aircraft uh, uh, Lancaster to Australia and they'd um, they'd, uh, use it to to, uh, fly for aircraft War loan demonstrations, right? A bonds tour type thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which which is why you came through New Zealand and and did a did a tour down the country. Well, then I don't know why. I think the New Zealand government then said, "Well, if you've got a Lancaster in Australia, can we borrow it for a while?" So uh, <laughs> I uh, flew from uh, from. Uh, Austra- uh, yeah, from uh, made the first flight from Australia or from Melbourne to um, to New Zealand because previously the shortest route was from New South Wales. You know how the yeah. road goes, yeah. New South Wales to New Zealand. So I made the first flight from uh, Melbourne to New Zealand. That's the first flight of any aircraft. That, yeah. Oh wow, that's that's really quite interesting. I didn't realise that. Yeah. Now, just going back before the New Zealand tour, what was the actual route you took from England to Australia then on that proof? Oh, uh, I went from uh, from uh, Prestwick in uh, Scotland to uh, to Toronto, from Toronto to uh, San uh, San Francisco, from San Francisco to Hawaii. Hawaii, we landed at, um, uh, we went from um, Palmyra, Palmyra Island, uh, from from Hawaii to Palmyra. We didn't mean to land at Palmyra, but we got caught in a a very bad it took off for Canton Island, right. but forced to turn back by a fierce tropical thunderstorm, which burnt out all radio aerials. Home to Palmyra by radio, stayed uh, two hours, had breakfast and a shower, and then flew from Palmyra to Canton Island. And then from Canton Island, we went to Nandi, Fiji, and then from Nandi to Amberley. That must have been a big thing for the people in those little islands to see coming through. <laughs> well, I don't think there were any people at Balmara. No. It was purely a, uh, it was purely an Air Force, uh, a, uh, a United States Air Force base. Right, right. Yeah. I guess they probably had the B- B-17s coming through the, the same route. Yeah, and yeah. So it wouldn't have, wouldn't have been quite such a shock to see a big no. aircraft. But no. uh, and so from Fiji, you landed in... Uh, from Fiji, I went to uh, landed in uh, landed at uh, Amberley, right. Amberley in, in Queensland. Right. Yeah. 
So, what was the date that you landed? Uh, mm-hmm. what, what date did you arrive in Australia? I dated and arrived in Australia on the 3rd of June, 1943. So it wasn't that long after that that you then crossed the Tasman? No, I crossed the Tasman on... Um, across the Tasman uh, on the uh, on the 11th of June. Right, okay. Yeah. Laverton to Ohakia. Right. Ohakia, New Zealand. Okay. And you, you also went up to Whanuapai mm-hmm. in, in Auckland, Whanuapai, do you remember that? Uh, Whanuapai, I went to Woodburn. Oh, yep. Um, on the uh, 12th. Uh, from Woodburn I went to Christchurch. Uh, on the 12th, the 13th, Ohakia on the 13th. And then from Ohakia, I went to Auckland. Right, that'll be when you went to the Whanuapai, right? Whanuapai? Yeah, yep. That's the, that's uh, the big Air Force base there, yeah. I suppose so. Yep. And uh, what you did too, uh, I'm not sure if you remember this, but it was even in the newspaper, um, I've, I've seen it, but I've talked to people uh, who actually saw your aircraft you, you did a bit of a, a tour where you went down over certain um, towns and cities. Yes. Uh, for, for the well, bond here I, I said I went to uh, uh, um, I landed for lunch at, uh, at Woodburn, Woodburn to Christchurch. Um, church. Christchurch to Ohakia via Dunedin, Invercargill, Queenstown, Westport and Wellington. Right. And then Ohakia to Auckland via Napier. Okay. I can't read it because it's got... Watermark, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I know that you flew over Cambridge, which is where I'm from, because I've talked to people who remember seeing you flying no, right. over. Um, oh, probably. In, in the Waikato, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, for them, uh, and of course, you know, in all those towns across New Zealand, there, there would have been a lot of families who had uh, sons who were flying the Lancaster, so it must have been such a, yeah. a big thing yeah. um, for them to see one fly over. Yeah. Because it was the biggest plane that had ever uh, yeah. come to New Zealand at that That's stage, right. I guess. So, yeah. Um, yeah, quite quite a remarkable thing for, yeah. for New Zealand to see you. Yeah. And, and at that stage, did you have the same crew that you'd had with... Yeah, that's the same, same crew. Right. Yeah. And then after your New Zealand uh, trip up and down the country, you went back to Australia? Yeah, flew back to Australia, uh, Auckland to Laverton right. on the 19th. Right. So we weren't in New Zealand that long. No, you weren't, no. But we got there. But it made an impact because, as I say, I've talked to people who said that they remember seeing the Lancaster Yeah, well, that was... It was only from June... The 11th to June the 19th. Right. Now, the Lancaster had the name, was it Queenie? Queenie Six. Queenie yeah. Six. And how did that come about? Was that... Oh, we just... Uh, the first aircraft we got was called... It was, uh, it was They all had letters, of course. Right. It was Q, and Q for Queenie at that stage. Right. That Q for Queenie was... And was that on 460 Squadron as well as 156? Yes, yeah. You carried that through each aircraft you got. You put, yeah. put another number on it. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. I've always wondered about that. What, yeah. what were the other five Queenies? So uh, they were all yeah. your aircraft. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. 
Brilliant. And did you have any other sort of uh, mascots or, or um, good luck charms or anything like that that you flew no. with? No. Okay. I had a, a, a little... Uh, I think I had a, a girl in England had given me... A, I don't know what it was. A black cat or something, and I sort of hung that. Right, right. Yeah, so, but it was not really a charm. Right, right. Yeah. So you get back to Australia with the Lancaster. Yeah. Was, was this the now because you'd done forty-five ops, they weren't going to send you back to Europe, or were, were you? Well, I uh, I wanted to get back to you. I was quite keen to get back, but they wouldn't let me get back. Right. And so I just mucked around in Australia. Right, right. Just getting yeah. various jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But did, did you? And then I flew around Australia for quite a time. Um, In the Lancaster. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. I took our passengers everywhere. It says, uh, crew and thirteen passengers. Wow. Including the press, crew and nine passengers, including three in the press, crew and six passengers. 15 passengers just shoved them in yeah they paid a uh, hundred dollars i think for a flight wow, wow. Uh, then we flew around australia albany cunderdon uh, all around australia pierce to maylands perth kalgoorlie adelaide broken hill malala and so on Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Yep, and that's it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. And then when, once the um, war was over, you didn't continue flying. Oh, I I got a private license for a while. Uh, then I had a heart attack, so well, I, I could have got it back, but I decided I'd I'd been lucky so far, so I wouldn't get it back. Right. And I took the family flying, uh, Anne and uh, the two boys. Uh, they, uh, they came with me. Right. right. But uh, when I when I had the heart attack, I thought that's a, that's a that's time to give it up. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't flown since. Right. That's it. Well, thank you very much. I've really Thanks. really appreciated uh, having the opportunity to talk with you and meet you as well. As I said to you when I arrived, I'd, I'd heard about the Lancaster tour. I'd met people who actually remember seeing it and. Uh, and, and I never thought I'd ever get to meet the pilot who brought that Lancaster to New Zealand. <laughs> okay. So, fantastic. Thank you very much. Good. That was the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood.